Oh, it's good to be home. The Mariners scored 18 runs in two games. We'll ignore the other one and took two or three from the defending AL champs who, quite frankly, didn't look that great, at least offensively. We're going to get into all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, April 18th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Signing Gonzalez, joined as always by my co host, Colby Patno. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at D- Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's cpat one one. Apologies for the uh, low audio quality today. I had to put this on my laptop. Hopefully we'll have things back to normal tomorrow. In the meantime, be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone. For more information on that, if you are interested, and if this is your first time joining us here, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification bell, give this video a thumbs up, and tell your friends to come check us out. We greatly appreciate it. So... The Mariners got their 2022 home slate off to a roaring start on Friday with the home opener against the Astros. 11-1 bats lit things up. Marco Gonzalez had a stellar performance, especially coming off of a rough outing in Minnesota where he only went two innings. Marco in this one went seven innings, four hits, one earned run, six strikeouts, no walks, Colby, what did you see out of Marco? Yeah, it was kind of kind of a vintage Marco in the in the case that it was just a, a bulldog appearance. Uh, it's Marco's never going to wow you with stuff. Um, but this time he came out, he threw a lot of strikes. He got ahead early, didn't walk anybody. Um, was able to find the changeup. That was a critical pitch. We talked about that last week, how he needed the changeup against these righties. Um, it was the second most thrown pitch in this game. Um, he threw it for strikes. He was able to locate it outside of the zone. He induced a ton of weak contact off of that pitch. Uh, it was set up nicely by the sinker. Um, and Marco was just able to avoid any kind of hard contact. He only gave up three hard hit balls. Um, he was working the corners really, really well. Um, benefited a little bit from a wider strike zone, particularly off the inside corner to righties. Um, but he took full advantage of it. Uh, and continue to pound that that location, and then he was out uh, low and away with the changeup, and he got a ton of weak contact uh, as a result. So Marco just kind of doing what Marco does. You know, he he goes right after guys when he's feeling good. He goes after guys. He gets he can get guys to expand the zone because of his control. Um, and the changeup was was the best we've seen it in a little while. Um, it was just kind of vintage Marco. It's just sinker changeup, mix the cutter and the curveball in there a little bit. Um, just to keep guys off balance and and just kind of go out there and grit your way through. Uh, and he was never really in any danger. It was the third inning or the fourth inning where he uh, where he gave up a hit and then he hit a batter. Um, but after that, I mean, nothing, nothing really even close um, to doing him in. And even the run he gave up was on a chintzy little single up the middle. 
Um, he was he was very good uh, in this outing, and it's it's a perfect bounce back outing, and and you know a good reminder to those who maybe want to jump the you know jump the shark after one start from Marco Gonzalez. This guy's been your most consistent starter. Uh, I mean, he, he has a longer track record than Robbie Ray, certainly longer than Brash, Flexen, and and uh, Gilbert. So yeah, let's not let's not jump off the the deep end here uh, when it comes to Marco. Uh, don't expect this every time out, but this is a lot closer to what you're going to get than the Minnesota start. And honestly, the Minnesota, this is, this is kind of the two ends of the spectrum for Marco, what you get. Most of the time he'll be somewhere in the middle of this. Um, and that's just who he is. He's a really good number four and, and a pretty decent number three. Um, and when he pitches like this, he can, he can beat anybody. So, uh, you know, let's, let's good reminder not to just uh, give up on guys after one rough outing or after, you know, a bad slow start to the season. Marco was as good as he could possibly be on Friday night. Yeah. The concerns over his start in Minnesota were overblown. You know, that's, you know, you're going to get that kind of Marco maybe three, four times a year. Maybe, maybe you're also probably going to get this Marco about the same amount of times per year. You know, Marco is typically more of that middle of the road, you know, give you six, seven innings of three run ball. And you know, that's usually what you're going to get. You know, but instead here, you got, you know, the complete opposite end of the spectrum from where he was in Minnesota. And this was one of his best starts ever in his career against the Astros. He, this is only the second time in his career that he's allowed fewer than two runs in a game to the Astros. And, uh, and he was on it and he was on it, you know, and obviously the Astros not at full strength with Jordan Alvarez missing. They've also been struggling to start the season off in general. Um, but you know, this is still a good lineup, uh, one that, you know, competed, you know, that won the American league last year, you know, obviously lost Carlos Correa, but still just a, a really deep lineup still. Um, and, uh, he handled it well. Now the bats, of course, were kind of, you know, kind of overshadowed Marco on this night because the bats pretty quiet on the road for the most part, they still were able to score, you know, four plus runs in, in multiple games, but still, you know, they left a lot on the table in those games as well, especially against, you know, mediocre at best pitchers. Uh, but they uh, they went into this one uh, with a uh, with a good plan, and uh, they were able to take advantage of a uh, a fairly favorable matchup against Jake Odorizzi. Uh, Jesse Winker got the scoring started off with an RBI single, and then Adam Frazier may have been the star of the offense. I mean, everyone was kind of clicking in this one. I believe Jared Kelnick was the only uh, starter that didn't record a hit in this game for the Mariners. Uh, Adam Frazier, though, four of five or four for five with uh, everything but the home run for the cycle. Uh, He got a triple. He got a double. He was hitting into the gap with power. That is something that we not really accustomed to seeing from Adam Frazier in his uh, career, but it was his best game in a Mariners uniform by far. Only one home run in this game, too, which I think is is kind of notable because considering the fact that they did score 11 runs in this game. Eugenio Suarez in garbage time, pretty much a two-run shot. It was 9-1 to at the time. That made it 11-1 to for the Mariners. What did you see out of the bats? Who stood out to you the most? Yeah, I mean, I think the easy answer here is Frazier. Um, four for five. Uh, like you said, a home run shy of the cycle. Four RBI. Um, you know, some really surprising pull power. Um, you know, Frazier's not a slap hitter like Nick Madrigal. I mean, he, he's going to pop, you know, 10 to 12 home runs, but 
it's just not a big part of his game. And, and on that cold of a night to, to drive the gap like that multiple times um, is, is pretty, pretty good uh, sign from, from Frazier who we talked about this. He had a really rough road trip in terms of bat pit luck. Um, he easily should have had three or four more hits. So uh, Frazier's in a really good spot. Uh, yeah. Like you mentioned, everybody uh, except for Kelnick got a hit, uh, but Kelnick walked. He had a, a RBI uh, sack fly. And he had two hard hit balls and Kelnick continues to look a little bit better and better each day. Um, you know, it, it's should have had a stolen base, but Maldonado is, is ridiculous. Um, I mean, just perfect throw to get him. Uh, so yeah, even, even Kelnick uh, contributed quite a bit here. So uh, Tom Murphy, I just Mariners catchers um, Saturday was, I believe the first time the Mariners didn't have their catcher reach base, at least in the game. And Cal Raleigh still had more hard hit balls than anybody else in the Mariners lineup against Verlander. So Mariners catchers, they're 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 getting they're getting it done. So yeah, top to bottom, it was a really good performance. A couple mm-hmm. of encouraging hits from Mitch Haniger, even who went up the middle a few yeah. times, beat the shift, um, proceeded to strike out in two of his other three at bats and on not great game plan approaches, whatever you want to call them. Um, but you know, take what you can get. Justin Winker had a couple of uh, base knocks, including a uh, the the first RBI of the game. So, yeah, and then Suarez, like you said, um, going deep to uh, to right center field, just clearing the fence. That is incredibly impressive for a right-handed bat, yeah. particularly in April in Seattle uh, to to go opposite field like that. Um, I mean, heck, we saw Kelnick hit one that just kind of died. Um, yeah. And he's a lefty. That's a pole. That's a pole guy. So uh, yeah, just week or two yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So just really, you know, really good, uh, solid at bats. I, I this game was won and lost on the single stat here. Um, the Mariners struck out four times and walked eight times. Uh, the meanwhile, the uh, the Astros they walked a grand total of zero times and they struck out eight times. Mariners control the zone. Right, they dominated the zone, yep. which is not only the name of a great podcast, but their offensive motto. Um, so they, 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 to quote Scott Service, they won the, the line of scrimmage, they won the strike zone, mm-hmm. and it showed. And they've scored uh, at least one run in all but two innings uh, this time around, which is something I'd been asking for uh, for the road trip. Just scored three different innings. Well, this time they scored in six. Um, and they just look great. It was just top to bottom. It's hard to imagine the offense looking better than that. And like you said, it wasn't that they were just, you know, they hit a couple of three run home runs and, and there right. you go. It was just consistent. Keep the line moving. Everybody had quality at bats. Um, and it just, you know, it was, there's just nothing that uh, the Astros could do. Uh, Brayu gave up two runs. Baez gave up three runs. Um, Blanco gave up two runs. Like they scored on every single pitcher. They hit every pitcher hard. They made every pitcher work, and this is this is kind of the breakout game that we had talked about last week. Looked like it was coming because the approach was so so good. This is what we were kind of expecting at some point. Um, didn't know if it was going to be on Friday, but it's awesome that it was. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, like you said, they moved the line. They made Oda Rizzi work. It was absolutely everything that they needed to do. It was everything that they had, you know, that we were hoping that they would do on this road trip and, uh, or on that road trip. And now finally came together uh, now that they got back home and maybe even a little better, better weather and a roof helped with that effort as well. Uh, So we're going to be talking about 
yesterday's game because, like I said, we're we're going to ignore Saturday's game. Uh, we're just gonna forget that that ever happened. Uh, but real quick, want to remind you this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low-calorie, high-protein, so replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, so go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, like I said, high-fiber, low carb most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein and they also have a ton of amazing flavors for you to choose from including mint brownie coconut coconut almond and white chocolate cookies and cream and at built bar they are all about the taste they make it taste delicious first then they figure out how to make it healthy and i don't know how but they pull it off every time so go to built.com try one for yourself try a bunch for yourself use promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order again that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15 percent off your order at built.com you're listening to locked on mariners thank you again for making us your first listen of the day for your next listen check out the locked on now podcast recaps of mlb games with analysis from your local experts taking fans through the season like no other network it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us so again let's forget saturday ever happened at least the game we do need to talk about something that did happen on saturday though mitch hanniger landing on the covid il he will be out for at least the uh well he, he missed saturday he missed sunday he's going to be out for at least the next three games now uh, and we'll see what happens from there if he's able to, uh, you know, test negative and, and go through all the protocols for that to get back out on the field. Hopefully he's doing OK at home, feeling OK. Uh, not really sure how that's going on. Uh, but Colby, how does this impact the Mariners? I mean, we've already seen it a little bit so far in how they're going to handle it, which is basically Jared Kelnick's going to play in right field. Jesse Winker's going to play in left. Julio is going to be in center and they're just going to use the DH with Toro or Frazier or Terenz or Murphy or Raleigh, whoever. Uh, but uh, if, if this is more of a long-term thing, if Mitch is going to have to miss more than, than the five days that he has to miss, uh, how does this impact the Mariners down the road? Yeah, short-term, not too much. Long-term, it's it would be a pretty serious blow. And, and I mean, I, I believe Mitch is vaccinated, which is why he's allowed to come back as soon as he is. Um, but we don't know how this is, this is going to linger. You know, Suarez went through a, a tough bout with this and there were, we were told that the, the recovery from this, even though he didn't miss many games, um, was harder on him than the recovery from his shoulder injury. So we don't know how these things, you know, how this particular, uh, you know, virus is, is going to affect Mitch long-term. It might not really have any inf- impact on him. So, uh, we'll see, but yeah, for now it's just you know Suarez is is either DHing or he's playing third, and then the DH is going to be Toro or Terenz, um, more than likely one of those two. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, if it if it's something that lingers for a couple weeks, the Mariners aren't in a, in a great spot in in this scenario. Um, you know Taylor Trammell is is hurt right now himself, um, and if they wanted to add a, a true outfielder like Billy Hamilton or, or Steven Souza Jr. They'd have to add them to the 40-man roster and then probably DFA him, uh, whoever they added, uh, shortly after. Neither guy has options left, so if you want to keep those guys around for a more of a long-term injury replacement, 
then it doesn't really make sense to bring them up. So the Mariners are kind of stuck. Kyle Lewis hasn't started rehab games yet. Um, so it's pretty much these three, and then Dylan Moore is kind of your fourth outfielder right now. Uh, I, I don't foresee them going out and, and panicking and giving Michael Conforto a contract or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just it's it's unfortunate. Um, but in the short term, there's not a ton of, of impact, and, and the Mariners' bats looked okay, um, you know, on, on Sunday without him. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's you want that bat in the lineup, you want the power that he brings, um, and if nothing else, he lengthens the lineup. So yeah, it, it's a it's a blow, but um, as assuming it's not a there's no long term issues, they're going to be pretty they're going to be pretty okay in the interim. Yeah, so let's get into this game now. Uh, seven to two Mariners yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Jose Urquidy was doing all right for the most part for the for the Astros at first. They weren't really able to get to him at, at much, but there was some hard contact from the Mariners, and finally they they broke through. It kind of kind of felt like that was going to happen. So let's start with the bats here because that's the most exciting thing. We'll talk about Matt, Matt Brash, of course, in, in just a moment. But uh, Ty France. Big three-run home run, opposite the field as well. You just talked, about, you know, you talked about Suarez, how impressive that was from him. Talk about how impressive that was for from France, who is really off to a strong start and making me look pretty good for picking him in our uh, flag week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, France. Uh, it's funny you look at France's numbers and you recognize that he had like a one for thirteen stretch in there, um, which this early in the season probably should like you know be a, a major blow to your overall numbers and it hasn't been because that's how good France has been aside from that. And that that's an incredibly impressive hit. It was a fastball up and away and he just drove it into right center field. Uh, it was a day game so that that does help, but uh, it was, it was impressive. Nonetheless, he, he knew he touched it up pretty good. Uh, it capped off the big five run inning that they kind of just rode to victory. Um, and he just, he continues to hit. And then, you know, there's a couple things you can really count on. It's that Ty France is going to, put up numbers at the end of the year, uh, you know, not to be outdone. Adam Frazier also had a couple hits. He's got his average all the way up to 256 now after his, uh, bad luck induced slump, um, on the road. Uh, and Jared Kelnick, a uh, couple hits, including a hustle double. My favorite, my favorite hit of the day, actually Jared Kelnick's opposite field hustle double. Yeah. Um, going with the pitch, not trying to do too much. Yep. Slaps it into left field, uh, with some authority and is able to leg out the double. He's playing more free. He looks just a little bit looser now. Um, since the home run, it's, it's really starting to hit the ball a little bit harder. Uh, the at-bats are getting progressively better as well. It looks like he's starting to settle in. And, I mean, we we can't talk about the Mariners without talking about Julio Rodriguez. We're required to. First career RBI for Julio. Congratulations to him. Uh, just a one-for-four day at the plate, uh, but he did have three hard-hit balls. Um, and his swing looked more controlled than it has uh, at any point. It, it didn't seem like he was overswinging, um, which did kind of look like that was the case early. Uh, this time he just kind of looked like he was just trying to hit the ball hard instead of you know trying to hit the ball far, um, and it, it appeared to make a difference. So, yeah, it's another one of those days. He hardest again. hit balls on the Mariners, right? Yes. Yep, he did. Uh, Should have had two time. hits. Should have had two hits. Was robbed by uh, Altuve in his first at-bat. Uh, get the big RBI that kind of got things going. Two out RBI, by the way. They mm-hmm. got things going in the fourth and allowed Frazier to come up and then France with the with the big blow after that. Um, yeah. Every Mariner except for J.P. Crawford had a hit in this game, but Crawford did walk twice and he had a great day out in the field turning, starting, I believe, three double plays um, mm-hmm. in, in support of Matt Brash who desperately needed them. So yeah. just again, it's one of those days where 
the Mariners got contributions top to bottom. This time they did get the big three-run home run. Um, there were some left-on-base issues, but not that many. Um, and, again, you just kind of look at what the Mariners did at the plate here. Uh, they only struck out three times against the, yeah. uh, against the Astros. Uh, meanwhile, Mariners pitchers struck out. Uh, 10. So again, they won that they won the line of scrimmage to quote uh, Scott service. And uh, as a result, they walk away with a really impressive seven to two victory in a series win over the defending American league champions. It was, it was quite a statement. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned Kelnick and in, in his hustle double, cause that was a, a favorite play in, in this game of mine as well. And then they did something that you've been asking for for a while. They hit a double and then followed that up with another double. Abraham Toro finally got on the board. I know. With an RBI double. Uh, the Abraham Toro Revenge Series did finally come through. It wasn't off to a great start for Toro, but he mm-hmm. was able to make an impact at for at, to some degree at a certain point in this game. Four, and Fourth highest hit or fourth hardest hit ball of the day. Yeah. By the way, Julio had three of the top five, including the top two. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, it was a good day for uh, for everyone aboard. A lot of loud contact in this game, a lot of loud contact in the first game, not a lot of loud contact against Justin mm-hmm. Verlander. We're, again, we're not going to talk about that. Jesse Winker <laughs> hey, uh, hey. got robbed of another what <laughs> I thought was going to be a home run, what he thought was going to be a home run, what mm-hmm. the catcher thought was going to be a home run, what the home plate umpire thought was going to be a home run, and what Jose Urquidy thought was going to be a home run. And it just died at the wall, right yeah, into Jose's series club. Major League Baseball is definitely doctoring the baseball. Uh, they're giving the Mariners <laughs> the unjuiced balls because Clearly. Uh, Kelnick had one like that against uh, Verlander, and it just kind of died out there. Yeah. Uh, but unlike that, this one, there, it was a day game. There wasn't really any wind to speak of. Like there was nothing that should have yeah. stopped that ball from going out except yeah. for Rob Manfred. Um, Oof. but, uh, yeah. Um, he said just pretty much everybody, uh, everybody contributed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, Mariners restart their, their streak of catchers getting on base. Mm. Um, Luis Torrens checked in with a base knock as well. Um, just up and down, there was there was contributions up and down the board. Uh, Jesse Winker didn't have a hit, uh, but again, you talked about, I mean, the poor guy. I, I just he, it just keeps missing, happening to it keeps happening to him, and it keeps happening at least to three Kelly. times. Yeah, yeah, it's at least three times now for Winker. Um, and you know, and right now he's also missing some pitches that he's popping up. He's just missing them. So this has just got to be a very frustrating. Uh, if anybody needs a day off, it's probably Jesse Winker. Yeah. Um, just to kind of reset because he he's very close uh, yeah. to, to breaking out here. And and when he does, the lineup could be something pretty special. Uh, this is this is I would classify this as a future game. Um, your big start, Ty France, J.P. Crawford, Luis Torrens, yeah. Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, Matt Brash, um, Abraham Toro. Yeah, the like, the, uh, the Padres trades really showed up <laughs> in this game. Andres sure. Munoz. Yeah, yeah was, Andres was, Munoz had another good inning. Like. We'll just call this the A.J. Preller game. And sure. uh, yeah. Thank AJ Preller uh, for for this win. Uh, much appreciated. So Matt Brash, you just mentioned him. Obviously, he was in one of those Preller trades. He mm-hmm. was not fantastic in this game. That's to to put it nicely. That's very nice of you to say it that way. He, uh, I, let's say thirty control. That's that's generous. what he was operating. Sure. Yeah, that, that's what he was. And really, only be- maybe only maybe because of the fifth inning. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fifth inning yeah. maybe bumps it up to a thirty or a thirty-five. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was um, 
It wasn't good. That's, Let's just call it yeah. what it was. Yeah. Let's uh let's say effectively wild, maybe, because he did induce a ton of double plays. <laughs> Four in and, a row. Yep. And that's really the only reason that he stayed in that game. And the Mariners ended up only giving up two runs on a two-run shot by Michael Brantley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the damage was done in one swing of the bat, surprisingly, somehow, considering the fact that Brash walked six in this game, was visibly amped. And uh, also hit a batter as well. Yeah. Uh, he did strike out five, did calm down a little bit in the fifth inning. Look good in the fifth, sure. But then the, the, then the sixth, uh, yeah, he, he needed to be taken out. Fortunately, at that point, the, uh, the, the Mariners pretty much had the game in hand. Um, yep. It was six to two when they took him out. He had given up the, the Brantley home run. I think he walked another guy or gave up a yep. single or something. Um, and then they, they, they yanked him. But I was, uh, I was pretty surprised with how uh, Scott Service used his bullpen in this game, by the way. Paul Seawald was the first guy to come out of the pen uh, in, the, in the sixth inning. Uh, instead of, yeah. you know, Munoz, instead of second rider, instead of, you know, really, I just I didn't expect to see Swald in that situation, but I'm glad that he did that. I think that was good to, you know, look, the Astros are kind of mounting a little bit of momentum here. Let's just let's just nip that in the bud right now. Let's go <laughs> with the sure thing. Let's go with Seawald. Let's shut it down. And let's just let's just get through this inning and, and move forward. And right. then second rider Munoz and Castillo they shut down the uh, the Astros the rest of the way. No issues there whatsoever. Nothing got interesting. It was great. The Mariners actually had like a very calm, you know, normal. uninteresting. Yeah, normal. Just a couple of nice. Blow, I mean, the first game was a blowout. I, I don't know if you consider five runs a blowout for the seven to two, but considering the way that the Astros were swinging the bat this whole series, kind of felt like a blowout, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, they put up seven runs in three games. Three of those yeah. came on a Maldonado home run, or two of those came on a Maldonado home run. Uh, yeah, the, the Astros are a team that's slumping at the plate right now. Tuve was garbage this series. Um, Bregman. You know. Bregman was awful. Tucker was awful. Guriel hasn't gotten it going yet. Uh, you know, pretty much it was it was Jeremy Pena. That's kind of the guy. Yeah. Um, and okay, so what? So obviously, again, the Astros. When you play them in May, they'll probably be better. They'll be a tougher task. But we also need to understand that the Mariners. Um, you know, the Mariners didn't have Mitch Haniger for the last two games either. Jesse Winker isn't exactly lighting the world on fire right now. Suarez yeah. hasn't found his stride yet. Kelnick hasn't found his stride. Toro hasn't. Rodriguez. It's not like the Mariners are just like clicking on all cylinders right now. And oh, by the way, the Mariners didn't get to use their two best pitchers. The Astros got to use their best. Um, So, yeah. So are the Astros... Do I still think the Astros are better than the Mariners? Yeah, on paper, sure. But I think what this series proves is that the gap has closed uh, somewhat considerably. Um, And that's a great sign for the long-term battle between these two teams. And they're going to play each other 16 more times. And I expect there to be some fireworks. Um, You know, it was, it was awesome to hear Mariners fans so consistently boo Jose Altuve. That was, (laughs) that was, that was impressive. Every at bat, every pitch. Um, Most of the times you boo the guy once and then you're just kind of like, okay. Or maybe before the first pitch and then, okay, now we just kind of settle in. Nope. Every time the ball went in his vicinity, there were boos. <laughs> it's pretty, it, it was, was pretty incredible. 
It really was, man. It was they'd stop and cheer after the strike, and then they'd boo again, and then yeah. they'd wait for the strike, and then okay, now we boo again. And so uh, the Mariners would try to play music over, like, like hey, let's let's fire this up, yeah, make some noise, and we cheer, and then uh, and then once the music stopped, the booing started again. Like it was it was it was mm-hmm. impressive to to say the least. Uh, Mariner fans can hold grudges. Who knew? Said anybody ever? Um, said never ever. Yeah, yeah. But so, uh, let's talk yeah. more about the uh, the changing of the guard potentially here, or at least maybe what this series said to us in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, the reason why I'm talking about the uh, the changing of the guard thing is because I saw a lot of tweets yesterday saying, look, there it is. The Mariners are better than the Astros definitively there, right? Let's let's calm down, folks. Let's let's take a chill pill here real quick. I will say this though. This series made me realize that I don't fear the Astros that much anymore. I really don't. I really don't. Even though, yeah, they're missing Jordan Alvarez. You look at that lineup. Like I said, it's still deep. But it's not what it once was. And I don't know if that's just because of the exclusion of Carlos Correa. Or what? Or maybe it's just age. Maybe it's just time has passed. These guys are a little bit worse now. Jose Altuve, specifically, seems to be on a decline. Right? Because last year was pretty good for him. But you go back to the year before, he was abysmal in 2020. Obviously, 60 games. But, you know, he still hasn't looked like Jose Altuve, who, you know, in his prime was an MVP candidate. He's not that guy anymore. Alex Bregman, coming off of a wrist injury last year, didn't play a ton last year, looked awful in this series. And look. You know, it's April, right? I'm not going to jump to any conclusions here. I still think the Astros are a 90-plus win baseball team, especially if they got guys like Justin Verlander at the top of the rotations pitching like the way that he did on Saturday. They're going to be fine. But I looked at that lineup yesterday. I looked at the lineup this whole weekend that the Astros are running out there at their best. And you throw in Jordan Alvarez into that mix whenever he gets healthy. I'm just not scared of them anymore. I'm really not. I feel like the Mariners have the talent necessary that when they go head-to-head with the Astros, they're going to give them a run for their money. And it used to not feel like that. Right. Well, I mean, and you got to remember, it's not just that they lost Correa. It's that they've also lost George Springer now. Uh, they've lost Garrett yep. Cole. Like, they've lost a major player each of the last few years. Um, and, yeah, Altuve – He's 32 years old and he's, he's better than he showed this weekend and he's going to hit and he's still going to be a good player, but he's not a, you know, he's not the MVP candidate. Alex Bregman kind of overrated, um, you know, very good in his home ballpark, but the swing isn't really conducive to much else to dead than dead pole. And he's just kind of, eh. you know, Kyle Tucker was great last year, but he wasn't great before last year. And is it possible that last year's an outlier? Yeah, I, I, I still think Kyle Tucker's going to hit, but yeah, 
it's possible still. Uh, Groyel is another year older. Jeremy Pena has got to go through the league a couple times. Um, the outfield isn't very good um, yeah. outside of Tucker. I mean, Siri, Chaz McCormick is a nice player. I like him. He's a fourth outfielder. Uh, Jake Myers, when he's healthy, he's, he's a fourth outfielder. Jose Siri, really? That's your everyday guy? The, their bullpen is, is mediocre at best, and they don't have the ammunition to go out and get significantly better at the deadline, not without right. trading from their major league roster. So uh, could the Mariners chase down the Astros? Sure. Um, do I still think the Astros are going to win the, the division? Yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, it's like you said, like, I, I, I don't think you look at the Astros on the schedule anymore and go, boy, if we could take one out of three, like just kind of stay above, keep our heads above water here. That would be, don't get swept. Um, I think now you look at it and say, that's a winnable series, especially if the pitching matchups line up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly the Mariners don't have anything that, or the Astros don't have anything that the Mariners can't match in their own rotation right now. You have Verlander to Ray, you know, Framber to, to Gilbert or Garcia to Gilbert. Maybe that's the difference is Garcia or Framber, depending on which one you like more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's the difference, but Urquidy and, and Oda Rizzi, that's nothing the Mariners don't have in the back of their rotation as well. So uh, they have a deeper bullpen. They have at least as good of a rotation. Um, and, you know, the Astros have the better lineup, but it is aging and the Mariners are kind of ascending. So, yeah, yeah. I, again, I still think the Astros are going to be very good. I still think they're going to win 90 games. I don't think they're a hundred win team. Um, and I think that's why the Mariners have a shot here. Uh, and again, unlike the Astros, the Mariners have the opportunity to go get significantly better in the middle of the year. And I would expect them to take it, especially if they're playing the Astros well, and we get into June, July, and they're right there in the thick of things. And based on what we've seen from the rest of the American league West, that should be the case. Um, Anaheim, uh, again, Shohei Otani has a pitch well in Anaheim. Mike Trout just suffered a hand injury. It doesn't seem too serious, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And it's Anaheim. <laughs> They're going to have injuries. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it works out for them. Um, but, yeah, the American League West definitely feels more open uh, to anybody but Houston than it yeah. has been for the last five years or so. And, uh, you know, if nothing else, this, this this is a series that can instill some confidence, and, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But uh, – the Mariners believe that they can they can beat the Astros multiple times, and, and I believe I, they can. <laughs> yes, and I think fans are beginning to believe that the the gap has never been smaller. Not since the Astros started their rise, the gap yeah. has never been this small. And that's a really good sign for Seattle. Yeah, there, there's. I I'm going to guess one of these two teams is going to beat is going to win the se- season series like eleven to eight or ten to nine. Like mm-hmm. I I don't think we're going to see a. 13 to six uh, division split this, this year. So doesn't it uh, kind of feel like they're almost evenly matched? I st- more so. I just, I feel like the Astros are better. Like still at the end of the day, I think the Astros are better. Um, I think if the Mariners, I think they have more firepower and more name recognition, but I feel like maybe the Mariners at this point might be more well built when you add in the the bonus of the bullpen because the Astros bullpen is not good. It's not. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's. They spent a lot of money. Well, they didn't spend a lot of money on it. They they spent some resources trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't see their their best guys per se. Um, we saw Stanek yesterday, but and that's kind of just to get work in. Um, but yeah, we, we, we saw Baez. Fine. You know, there's Naris and, Naris and 
yeah, Presley's hurt right now too, so that that's a yeah. blow. Um, but yeah, it's Mariners bullpen certainly deeper. Like I said, the rotation is I think at least as good. Um, or if if you think the Astros rotation is better, it's slightly at most. Yeah, and then then the lineup it comes down to the lineup, and the Astros certainly have the track record, but the Mariners have just as much upside. So, yeah, yeah like I said, I, I think the gap's closed, but I, I'm not I'm not ready to to say you know no. game set match. The Mariners are clearly <laughs> the best team in the American League West after a weekend series um, yeah. in April. <laughs> in April, no less. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. it's it's a great sign, man. And and like I said, the it's clear as day that the the gap is closed, and we'll see how these guys progressive somebody gets better or worse somebody gets hurt there's a trade like the teams that we saw this weekend are not going to be the teams we see when this team plays each other in june july august september um, well actually they did you know that they wrap up their season series july 31st that really early. yeah so they do not play the astros in august or september nope wow so if uh, they're in a, if they're in a pennant race right with the yeah. astros they're going to have to solely rely on other teams to, to handle their business. <laughs> and remember guys, head to head record is the tie is the number one tiebreaker this year. There are no game one sixty threes. So in some crazy hypothetical where the Mariners and Astros both win 92 games, whoever win won the season series, whoever got the 10th win first uh, against each other, they win the division. So keep Ooh. that in mind. These, these head to head matchups matter, carry a little more weight than they used to because there are no more, game 163s yeah so we'll and that's see, going but, to, and that's going to end before the uh before the trade deadline because the trade yeah, deadline, deadline is august up. 3rd yeah yeah i got pushed yep. up so yeah it's uh i mean like it's possible that the division could be decided upon by games that were entirely played without the final picture for either of these teams so it's gonna be interesting Ho- hopefully we get there man that'd be great yeah. If we're, if we're having to sit here and say, "Oh man, I hope the Angels can beat the Astros today," <laughs> that would be nice. Can't, yeah, that'd be I would love to really scoreboard watch for the uh, for the sake of the division rather than uh, yeah. than a wild card. That would be the scoreboard uh, watch be all of August sweet. and September. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, that'd be sweet. That'd be sweet, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of that. I, I would presume on on here, we're going to be doing some scoreboard watching. Not right now. Not for a few more months. We are Talk very much July first. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, I do not care what happens around the league. I, <laughs> I, re- I, when I was in uh, Toronto for the Blue Jays Rangers game, you know, I was talking about how I, I, I didn't like that the Blue Jays were, were winning because you know I'm just a Blue Jays hater. And I, I got Corbin Smith of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, who is a Blue Jays fan, responded to me. He's like, "What? Why would you want the Rangers to win? Don't you want the <laughs> Don't you want the Rangers to lose because of the division? I don't care." And also the Rangers suck. <laughs> so uh, the Mariners don't have to worry about the Rangers. But also, I do not care what happens around the league in early April. I really no. don't. Neither do you. It's a long, long season. There's still 152 games to be played from the Mariners alone right now. So we got a lot of time. Uh, there are no priors to be confirmed in any short order uh <laughs> there's a lot of time for a lot of stuff to happen and um yeah it's not time to say that the mariners have uh, crowned themselves aos champions either the astros are going to be fine they're going to be very tough but the mariners got off to a strong start here this weekend and uh, hopefully are now on the right track 
But the Rangers and Royals come into town tomorrow, or well, the Rangers are coming to town tomorrow, and then they're going to wrap up this homestand with the uh, with the Royals. A couple of uh, favorable, winnable matchups, but uh, certainly a couple of matchups that are going to be difficult for the Mariners as well. They, they, they certainly pose their unique challenges. We'll get you ready for the Rangers series on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Mariners, but for now, that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's presence and pass it's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow go ems